Hey there, welcome to The Horrible Show, the editorial video game podcast from HorribleNight.com. I'm your host, Justin Lacey. It is July 10th, 2012. Joining me this evening and seductively dancing is Josh Lee. I, wouldn't, I don't know if I would call that seductively. I have my own tastes in dancing. That was a move from, like, that's from the, the 80s. <laughs> that's <laughs> like Mark Jackson. And that is the voice of one Cole Monroe. How's it going, Cole? <laughs> It's good to be back. <laughs> the Mark Jackson. Back I missed that. The whole that. show. Yeah. Uh, it's just take three some tonight, gentlemen. So thanks for thanks for joining me. Uh, tonight's topic, we're going to be talking about the Tetris connection and promotion. Someday we'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> and the promotion of the upcoming uh, indie film fest screening of Ext- Ecstasy of Order, the Tetris Masters. It's a indie film that we're sponsoring in the Indianapolis area. And I'm going to say indie one more time. Indie, indie, indie. Indie, indie, indie. Uh, but but Cole, we haven't hung out in a while. What have what the hell have you been up to, man? Man, I've been traveling throughout this great land of ours, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, for work and then for pleasure. Went Which was to better? The, uh, cool. The west side of the country. Website. It was a lot cooler over in in San Francisco area. Did which you I, did you find Tupac's hologram out there? No. Tupac's hologram. It said west side. I figured. Oh no! I was in the Bay Area. Like it's just so. hanging out. Like where else the, would it be? Like there's somebody's driving they around. They turned it on at one point. Where in else? A, in a hoopty with like the transmitter on top of the car. <laughs> hey, I don't know if you guys have heard of Too Short, but he was on my flight. <laughs> and he's a rapper, so he probably knew Tupac. I don't know what that is. I appreciate you extending the conversation around rap, though. Yeah, you're welcome, Josh. What have you been up That's to? What I'm here. For. Um, I've been trying to not be sweaty. It's so hot out. So we're talking about the weather right now. Oh my god! Come on, keep going. It, it's true though. So I've just been indoors a lot, and I've been doing stuff like watching movies and playing video games, which is awesome because it's summertime. Usually, it's I like, don't have like a lot of time for that kind of stuff, but I feel like I've been playing like a ton of games, which is really cool. So and yeah, we're talking about the weather because it directly as affects my game playing. You saved you saved that topic. Well, where do you think I was going with it? Like, boy, it's, I get worried. Oh. I never know with you. God damn it! No trust, <laughs> Cole. You know what I'm talking about. There's no trust issues. Yeah. I know you guys. <laughs> I think you guys are breaking up. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Also, yes. Indie, indie, indie. If there's yeah. an if there was an indie film filmed in Indianapolis about Indiana Jones, the, would it be called indie, that indie, was independently developed? Wait. Yes. What they indie independently developed game based on all of that. Indy, 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 Indy. Whoa! That's so many Indies. Indy, 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 story. I know where they would sell that. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it in a minute in our shout outs. All right. We're, we're going to get going here on the show. Uh, what we like to do on the horrible show is start off with... Quit texting. I'm setting up our timer to make sure that we don't mess things up because... Because we always follow the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Every show. But like I was saying, we, we kicked the show off with game industry shout-outs. Uh, look at the headlines of the industry in the last few weeks. Then we do some horrible shout-outs, uh, looking at the original material on HorribleNight.com. Get warmed up with an on-the-spot question from the community. And then we will be talking about Tetris and the connection to puzzle games and where those have evolved in the last few years. And wrap up the show with HorribleNight.com updates. Josh, you're going to kick us off with game industry shoutouts. Let's do it. So speaking of indie games, or, well, we were talking about it a second ago. Steam, <laughs> terrible, terrible transition. Steam Greenlight 
has been announced. What is Steam Greenlight? Um, okay, so is that like Project Greenlight? Yeah, yes, it is exactly. Is no. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon involved. <laughs> Lion Face, Gabe, Gabe Newell, ah. Ben Affleck, pretty much the same. They both have knife collections, big ones. Anyways, um, so you guys know Steam. Um, so Steam has uh, uh, the submission process for developers that they or publishers, you know, that they don't have relationships with. Obviously, if you're making a new Call of Duty, you don't have to use their email submission form. <laughs> um, however, I like to think they do. That would that would be pretty funny because they they could potentially deny one of those. So um, the, the current submission process has been. Uh, submit via a form, send your stuff in, and then a team of dudes at Valve decides your fate. And um, they don't, despite like what it looks like, when you go to Steam, you think like, shit, they add games constantly. But they don't add all games. There are a lot of games that do they, that Valve says, nah, nah, I don't think so. Not this one. Um, it's an, an official reply. Yeah, it's yeah. A template. And and they catch some flack from developers sometimes from the indie developers and stuff. So, um, what they're doing is they're taking the heat off themselves and they're sending it to the community. <laughs> so um, so it's, it's, it sounds like kind of a terrible cop out, but I think it'll be a good thing in the end. So what they're going to do is, um, in the future, when you want to submit um uh, a game to Steam. Uh, to go into the store, you will submit a project to the Greenlight program, uh, which will have its own interface, I'm guessing, inside of Steam. Or, probably green. Um, it looked a little green, had a green uh, tint to it. And you will vote on the projects, and they don't have to be completed games. They can be games in concept phase or playable demos or whatever. And um, you will vote thumbs up, thumbs down. And based on some number or percentage that they haven't worked out yet, because they said that'll be in flux until they actually get data, because they don't have the data yet, um, then when you get over like a threshold, it'd be like a bar. You'll see it fill up. When it gets 100%, you get the green light, you're good to go, you're going to sell your game on Steam. But it's the community members that vote. So um, I think it's pretty cool, because there are going to be games that normally, that maybe the Steam guys or the Valve guys are just would like, what the hell is this? Oh, we don't know yeah. what this is. Because they don't have time to see and play everything and have the pulse, you know, have the finger on the pulse of every corner, every niche like corner of the gaming industry. But the fans do, because like the fans of those things, they will find they will find it. That's the thing. And so uh, there's already people bitching about how it's going to be a popularity contest, and you're going to have to do marketing, and you're going to have to shill, you know, and all this stuff. And like, well. You're selling. You're trying to sell people a product. Yeah, you should put a little bit of effort into marketing your crap. Like you don't. It's not like that. Uh, it, this is kind of getting my nerves today. Like I, I understand. Like yeah, there's going to be some people are going to blow up because they like, oh, this game's got a pony in it. You know, like oh, it's the the, the you know, it's the poniest game. Yeah, the bronies are going to come out of the woodwork to vote this game up. But I believe that if if it's good, like if you build it, they will come. Like mm-hmm. that's how I feel. And if it looks, if your game looks stupid. Guess what? People are going to go thumbs down on your thing. But in general, I think people are fairly positive on that kind of stuff. Like, it's not like, I mean, like, it, it's going to take a lot for somebody to go in there and, like, thumbs down your stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to have to piss someone off, you know. Maybe you, that could happen to the campaign against you. That stuff happens with, like, uh, Amazon reviews of people that write books that are controversial, that kind of thing. Um, so next time Phil Fish says something about Japanese game development or something, you're going to get a whole bunch of <laughs> defenders and maybe going in there and, Thumbs downing his next green light project, but 
uh, I think it's a good thing. I think you're going to see more games that are that would normally maybe get passed on mm-hmm. in the submission process. They're going to make it here, and um, the fact that they can submit in the concept phase. Now, this isn't exactly like Kickstarter where you get funded. However, if you know that your game's going to, like, you got the green light and you're going to be able to sell it on Steam, it might be a little bit easier to find some funding for something to help finish development. Um, that might be something that we see, you know, some success stories there but based on that. Um, so I think in general, this is pretty good. And you know what? The games that are worthy, um, that don't make it, some of those you know are going to get picked up by Valve anyways. They're yep. still going to be there and they can still, it's their own, it's, it's their thing. It's their it's their site. Like they can just say, "Well, forget all that voting crap. We want this. It's gonna sell." Valve makes a lot of money when the games sell. <laughs> like they make they make money off that stuff. No, they're they hurting the industry well. by with their their sales. Yeah, right. Devaluing. Yeah. Oh, it's devaluing this. the property. <laughs> oh, by the way, we have seventy five percent off uh, Origin sale this weekend. <laughs> so yeah. I think it looks cool. I, no, I think it's it's cool that Valve kind of stays on top of these things. I mean, it hadn't reached the breaking point, but I know I I had even noticed, and I feel like, you know, I'm a little bit further down the list as far as people that might notice the uproars around these types of things, mm-hmm. and um, they um, they're they're getting ahead of it, and it was just, it's kind of the natural evolution, but they they tend to keep Steam pretty cutting edge and. Um, that can only be good for gamers. Yeah, in in a day and age where. Um, Every other platform suffers in in that you know trying to get the good games to the forefront so people can buy them. Like Xbox Live Arcade and PSN, just not good at it. Like Steam was has always been the best, and then they don't stop you know changing the process and all that, They're trying to make things faster and easier, more efficient, and get the stuff to you that you want. I mean, they want to make they want to make money too, but I feel like. I feel like they're trying hard. Like I really yeah. appreciate. I appreciate that, and I'm. You know, the developers have to as well. Coleman, let's go to your shout out. Oh, I'm going to give a shout out to a fellow media member, Cat um, Bailey on Joystick. She has been writing a bunch of articles, and I think that's her game to write articles about um, different RPGs. And she has been. I don't know. I've been pretty focused on what she's been writing lately and uh it's it's really good stuff uh she wrote an article about all the different japanese game rpgs that are coming over for the uh 3ds and some of the vita stuff and you know got me psyched for that platform even more than i already am the 3ds i mean i was gonna say I vita? About the vita. <laughs> <laughs> i was like how are you gonna get uh, uh, good what's that i was gonna say how are you gonna get all your get some vita time in with all that 3ds uh, time yeah, spending. no Vita, no Vita, all 3DS. And then she, uh, you know, wrote an article about, um, just s- some of the retro RPGs and how they affected her life and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I've just been really looking forward to her articles every week and, uh, they've been really good. So I recommend checking cool. them out if you have any interest in any kind of RPGs, not just Japanese. Was she on like a, does she have a show on something? I think she's on a podcast or some kind of. Mm. Yeah, I find I find Kotaku like the hardest to sift through to find the actual authors and find authors that I'm connecting with. So um, it's it's kind of cool that you've you've dug deeper than I have and and and, and found somebody worth talking about. Yeah, but um, agreed. I mean, because I I've also kind of noticed my you know as I since we've started a horrible night, 
I've stopped kind of really branching out and finding new new writers to to uh, find out about. Like the sites that we we covered at the beginning are tend to be the sites I'm still sticking with. So um, mm-hmm. uh, I would not argue that we need to branch out a little bit more, especially me personally. But um, that's kind of why I got it got started doing all of this is because I think Cole both both you and I found some game editors, game writers, journalists that we really connected with, and we followed them through different sites and that became a much better way to take in video game content if you know the writer versus sticking with just the site or the publication so um, well then you can kind of you can kind of you know if you're comfortable with the writer and his his or her stuff you know you and your your own sensibilities line up with that you know you can if they're reviewing games you can kind of get a better sense of oh you know i'm gonna like this rather than just a game that gets a ten out of ten or whatever, and and, that, and that's when they don't know the writer. And that's when the opinions actually prove useful because you have a basis for what else, where they're coming from, and it's not about having the right, right or wrong opinion at that point. It's like you know, you know, based on what you you know approaching new games based on their opinions, maybe what you might think. <clears throat> so I've always found that useful right. too. Um, yep. My shout out goes to uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Two. I don't know if you've uh, heard of the game, but um. I got some very Is that an indie, 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 indie game. Yeah, I've got some. I got some very conflicting news uh, about this game um, because apparently Trent Reznor. I am a large Nine Inch Nails fan um, in all <laughs> mean senses of the word. Brumac large. <laughs> That's or? right. Yeah. That's and, a weird way of putting that. Uh, yeah. And Trent Reznor is attached to uh, making the theme song for Black Ops Two. And I'm just kind of throwing that out there because I don't know how to react. And I was hoping Cole might be able to help me make sense of all that. Should I be happy, excited, confused? Should I have another drink? What should I do? Well, I'm thinking you're probably going to get it anyway. <laughs> but I, because you were talking about, oh, you know, Black Ops 2, they're kind of doing something different. I might, this might be the Call of Duty game I jump on board with. And now Trent Reznor. Yeah. It's a part of it. Oh, like, man. You are just like, you got to be so excited, dude. Nice. You got to be just extremely excited. Josh making the Cosby face over there. <laughs> <laughs> some Jell-O Puddin' Pops. Yeah, I would rather have a Jell-O Puddin' Pop than listen to more Trent Reznor. Oh! If I cared you guys about your opi- are breaking up. I was like, if I, could, if I, I learned a long time ago not to care about his opinion of music because he hates all the music I like <laughs> anyway. But I'd, it would be kind of ironic that my breaking point with this game is the fucking theme song so yeah if that's yeah if that's what it takes cases of ammo with nin on the side i hope so i hope dude a kill shot you know what i'm gonna say you don't get ammo no what uh nine inch nails gun in black ops 2 no yeah i think the military is using them these days and based on how realistic that series is it'll be made out of lasers laser nails (laughs) laser also it is the future Wait a minute. That sounds pretty badass. Did you just sell yourself on the game? Laser nail gun. But a laser can't... Well, it wouldn't have to stay in place. It would melt the one object through the next one, and and then it would, like... Touch them that way, yeah. Yeah. Fucking laser nails. (laughs) It's really like like just an instant, like, projectile welder. Yeah. Holy shit. Or cauterizer or whatever. Yeah, but, you know, like, you just... Oh. But it could kind of puncture, too. Fuck! I, want I wonder this, if he has that. This game's in- gonna be the game of the or year. Or it's just like a laser. <laughs> Doesn't have to have the nail. That's part not as fun. Yeah, but lasers aren't that powerful yet. They, they're not gonna yeah, they work are. like that. You well, need it to really just true. like kind of penetrate, just for like it's, you're shooting the laser out, and it's gonna be like 
three inches long. You know, well, depending on the object, maybe you need a tiny laser. Maybe you're putting together a birdhouse, yeah, yeah. and you need like tiny little, you know, boop, boop, boop. Maybe, maybe maybe you're putting shingles on a roof. <laughs> a little bit bigger nails, yeah. Maybe you're putting down railroad ties for uh, space trains. Nine inch rails gun. That's from chat. Copper skull. God I got your back on that one. But do you think that Trent has that in his contracts when he makes a soundtrack for a game that there has to be a weapon based on his band in the game? Wait, well, what's the what's his uh, band with his wife called? Uh, destroy perfect square. All angels or something. Yeah, like destroy that? all angels. Something like okay, that. Okay, so there's going to be some kind of angel gun thing. Instead, did you guys play Since Requiem? That's his latest band. It's a PC shooter. You were an angel. No, that was pretty cool. What's it called? Requiem. It was really good. Uh, what Painkiller had something to do with Angels and Demons too, right? Yeah, I mean you you were in hell and then you came out. <laughs> let's uh let's move on to horrible shoutouts. How about that, man? Coleman, sure, like laser sure, yes. What original article from HorribleNight.com would you like to give a shout out to? Well, it's not so much an original article as a one of our fine choices of programming that we have on HorribleNight.com. Um, I like the other that. fantastic podcast um, that's not The Horrible Show. It's called Super Gaming Best Friends, hosted by Josh Lee. This Josh Lee? And this is that guy that's sitting right across from you. He can host. And last week's episode, I got a lot of strange looks while I listened to it at work because <laughs> because I was laughing my ass off and like the whole time. So kudos to you and Lacey and Ethan and uh, JP for making that episode quite the knee slapper, I guess you could call it, since we're talking about Hillbilly Parkour what, what fantasies. Were some funny, wow, what were some funny things from that show? Uh, I really enjoyed the Friends talk. <laughs> When we uh, found the connection between friends and all of their medical professions and their and their, their post friends career, yeah, yeah, um, I don't know. There's just a bunch like Josh. I it wasn't from this episode, but it was from another episode that um, your feces pieces comment had me rolling <laughs> <laughs> uh, for some poop humor. Well, um, I think I we know, also but, we also did a good job of trying not to abuse. Um, the phrase crossing the line in our spec ops, the line talk. I think. It yeah, but drawing a line in the sand. You, that, you, you a, made a line joke. Therefore, you abused the crossing yeah. the line. But you say you saved it at one point. You, I for, you said the, it's not going quite far enough or something. Yeah. It's really hard to talk about spec like ops this. line and not make the puns. I really like this topic. Keep going, guys. Keep going. So what yeah, was, it was your? A good, it's a good show. Uh, I think anybody who doesn't listen to it needs to listen to it because it's it's another quality piece of content produced by the fine folks at Horrible Night. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep doing this. Keep the self serving high. What else you got for us from HorribleNight.com, Josh Lee? Okay, so Brandon uh, wrote a piece. It, uh, it was called. Uh, it was a Think of the Adults uh, series uh, called Spare My Memory on Epic Adventures. Um, this is uh, he was complaining about the um, uh, the lack of uh, like previously on features and games. Like when you put a game down for a few months and you come back to it, and then a dude comes up to you in Skyrim and says, "Like you know, hey, go do this thing because you just did something else." And then you're going, what did I do? Why did I, what did I do to deserve this quest? It's been years since I Where, talked to you. Who is it? Are these guys my enemies? <laughs> like, what is going on? Um, 
I feel that I feel the same way. I've actually brought this up on one of our shows uh, recently, um, and uh, I feel exactly the same as as Brandon. Like, I cannot. I, I you know what you can say like oh your your memory sucks or you just don't pay enough attention or whatever. But the f- bottom line is like I got a lot of stuff going on. I can't <laughs> just play every single game sitting like all well, the way why through. Don't, why don't you just use a notebook? And oh, take notes. God damn it! They yeah, have those I just, in the back I just of discovered this because I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> That's why I started playing Final Fantasy VI last week, and I, from day to day, I couldn't remember what I was doing. Well, there's a. Yeah, it's you, not like I took a long break. I was it was say, like, you've you've played that game already too. Well, I know exactly, and I had no idea what to do next. Well, that, spot. I was just like, what? Well, part of that has to do with maybe the way that story is presented to you as well, but. Well, yeah, and that, the fact that it's an older game and you don't have like a quest log, right? And that shit. Yeah, but, exactly. Right. But Brandon but, was talking about modern games, especially the right. the big open world epic adventures, yeah. and taking a break and coming back and not knowing where to start. And sure, they, yeah, and and you know, and yeah, I know there are quest logs in a modern RPG, and so you can go and see like this is what you're supposed to do. That's fine, but without the context of like without the the feeling of like uh, the progression, you don't really know why you need to be doing those things and it kind of takes a little bit away from the game like if you just sat down and you went through you know three quests in a chain by the time you did the third quest you you would just have this idea of like why your character's doing something um who the other who the major players are and their motivations and all that and that gets completely lost when you take a break from a game so um even just having a quest log isn't really enough to get the most out of a game you know like a skyrim or a fallout or something like that um so, like, I really like the idea of any game that thinks that takes its story seriously, giving you some sort of whether it's just text on a loading screen or a little previously on kind of Alan Wake style um, a preview, like that awesome. works too. Yeah, with the, that's like that's the best example of that. But um, just give me something. Let me go back and see like a summary in my quest log. Like, this is how you got here. Yeah. Like, that's just a little bit of right. Give me a single paragraph. Give me something just to spark my memory. And I started thinking like, that, like, give get, me, get the brain going. give me some recommendations of quests and tell me why it's being recommended. Because, like, I know, especially in Skyrim, and I think that's the best example to focus on is because you can get sidetracked while you're trying to do some, something you really want to do. And if the last four or five quests are like quests I did on the way to my big, my, my, my big focal point, mm-hmm. If I don't know what that focal point is, that that's where I I stumble. Like I don't real honestly right now, my Skyrim game has been untouched for three three months, and I don't remember well, what the last thing I was uh, doing. That game in particular suffers from lack of sense of urgency. <laughs> like there are some there's some and, crazy bad shit going on, and and you can just and then like someone's coming up to you saying like you got to help me, I need these ten flowers to make this potion because my uncle's sick, and you're like. I got shit to do. But fucking dra- have you seen these fucking dragons? But yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but there's never like, you know, you don't have like an NPC with you going like, you know, like, I don't know if we should take this quest. Like, we don't have time for this shit right now. Man, shit is hitting the fan. Like, John McClane would hit Skyrim, <laughs> wouldn't touch a single side quest. He would just go straight up and shoot a dragon in the face and it'd be like, roll credits. <laughs> Every game needs John McClane DLC. <laughs> and then Carl Winslow would be like, yo, dude, I need some help over here. <laughs> They don't have Twinkies in Skyrim. They just ignore him. What would he do? <laughs> John McClane and Carl Winslow in every game going forward yeah. also solves this problem. <laughs> right, yeah. 
Anyways, uh, good on Brandon for, for bringing that up and boo to all the haters on <laughs> some of the sites that stuff gets posted on because I thought it was, it's a very, very valid point. Anybody that doesn't have this problem probably doesn't have a job. Just saying. <laughs> My shout out actually goes to Cole Monroe. You may know him from Woo! such podcasts as this one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he wrote our I Learned Something Today piece last Friday. That's one of our weekly series, just trying to apply video game lessons to real life. And he tackled Final Fantasy VI and got a literal laugh out loud from me with his lesson about castles being sand submarines. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about your uh, how you chose these lessons, Cole? Uh, sure. Well, um, I just, like I said earlier, I'd been playing Final Fantasy VI last week, and um, I always like to do, and I learned something today about a game that I recently played, because if I try to go back in the Wayback Machine, I never can think of anything good. Um, so, obviously, the castle um, travels through sand in that game, and um, I don't know, I just started thinking about how that could apply to real life and how awesome it would be if that was actually the case. And uh, I remembered a castle that my dad had showed me in a picture um, from like, a, you know, it was like a King Arthur uh, castle um, where he was reportedly born. And I thought, Oh, that'd be a good castle to show in the article about <laughs> reportedly one, one, that, one, one that had traveled through sand and been destroyed. Yeah. I was going to say they, it was, they can only travel once. That's right. Yeah. And then they get destroyed. But you also made a good point about hmm. that's why royalty these days live in palaces and not castles. So maybe if they just uh, had some sort of, I don't know, like sealable windows. I think they have to. Hmm? <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> they don't. They're I think thinking real hard about this. Well, you don't. I mean, have you ever, seriously, have you ever been in a castle when it's switched to submarine mode? They're. They take care of the the window issue. I don't believe that. I think sand just comes flowing in. We'll have to go on site and figure that out. Well, another Where's thing the nearest castle to us? A lot, a lot of times, a lot of times they got to find a quicksand spot. Chicago. Oh, to sink in, you know. Sometimes the castles, you know, they're they're kind of heavy, so they need that quicksand and the. Uh... If this is, they're too big and too un. They're they're. It's not practical. Not that's why they don't do it. Sand di- sando dynamic, but it was so really useful. You at need one like point. a long, skinny castle. Yeah, back in the day, it was like really a useful. Hogan. You know those buildings? No, like the long, like a like a Hulk Hogan. Yeah. It's nope, all- nope, no. It's a built Wikipedia. Like a Hogan's Heroes. I'll give you guys a second. Go Wikipedia that. Come back. It's like a, a long building, um, like a you know like, like a, a meeting hall would have like a. That's a Hogan. It's a Hogan. You son. Hogan's. Spelled like Hulk Hogan. Anyway, Have we derailed it? Got you. Anyways. I got you. I see it. Like, it's like Indian dwelling. Yeah. Or Native American dwelling. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He literally Wikipedia that. I did. Yeah. It's not. It's okay. No one's going to get offended by that. It's not the Cleveland Native Americans. No one. It's not like we mean anything by that. It's the West what Indies. At one point, it was the West Indies. What I don't see why anybody's Let's... getting offended. Who's? Don't get so upset about this. We didn't mean anything by it. Can we just change the subject? Yeah, let's can... go. Let's go to our on-spot oh. question. This is our our weekly question from the community. You can send in your own questions to ask at horriblenight.com, and we'll read them on air. And jazz hands. There it is. Why they no people can see your face on on the live version of this, <laughs> and you're just um, not reacting at all to me. The, it makes me look like an asshole. 
Please continue, though. Yeah, this <laughs> this week's question comes in from Sega Fanboy 2012, <laughs> and he wants to know. I'm sorry. Uh, we we played the uh, Resident Evil 6 demo last week live on uh, our Twitch TV channel, and Josh and I got a full taste of that. And he wants to know: Do we think the Resident Evil 6 story is going to uh, suffer from the multiple characters or not? Josh, what do you what do you think? Well, um, I don't think that those guys have done a lot of Resident Evil games. I'm pretty sure they know how to weave a crappy story in the most <laughs> in the most entertaining way possible. So I'm sure that every helicopter that explodes in Chris Redfield's levels are going to affect the butterflies, wings, and Leon's stages. I mean, like, like there's no way that uh, they don't weave some sort of story that that ties all three together. That they, you know, something happens at the end involves all of them. I'm sure of it. Um, we didn't really see that in the demo. They were pretty separate. So, yeah. you know, you're going to go down separate paths. I don't think you're going to see less. And of who it. knows in the demo Maybe where they cross? You know, yeah, I don't know. But um, but I'm sure they got. They've just threw everyone in it. So, so are you saying you have full confidence that this will be yeah. as engrossing as any other Resident Evil story? Yes. <laughs> Cole, any fears, any thoughts here? Well, since they've been doing it since the first Resident Evil, weaving storylines, uh, I think they'll be okay. <laughs> now, will the story make sense? Probably not. Has it uh, ever? Probably. Will Wesker show up? Like real Wesker? Probably. Even though he died. Barry Spoiler, Burton. He died for Resident Evil 5. Um, I hope Barry shows up. Barry's Barry, beard. Yeah. Barry's bearded Barry. You know, you got to have him. I'm going to dye my beard red just so I can look like Barry Burton. Would I look like Barry yeah, Burton? Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be fine. I think. Here are sites, Barry Burton, Josh thank, Lee. Thank you. <laughs> I think it'll be good. I, I think it'll be, yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's not like. The story's it'll been be all fine. that boring to me. It might not be good. It'll be fine. If you like the but other... I, and I, I actually liked, finally, that Resident Evil 5 was making callbacks to earlier oh, storyline stuff. Can, yes. They're going to um, do that. that. I guess I'm just... The only thing about the three characters that worries me is that I'm only going to really want to play one of them. And yeah. and, it, and that's not even for story reasons. It's just... Um, I'm, I'm worried about one of them just sucking or not being completely uninteresting and me dreading playing that character. And I don't have necessarily the full confidence that all three will remain strong or worth playing. And I also have the fear that, like, you know, maybe the game overall, like, all of these sections are short and it feels like I'm playing three short games or just there's no continuity. That's the only thing I really worry about. You know what, though? What? Because uh, we were talking about this uh, earlier before we went on air. And uh, we we had this concern of, like, well, what happens if it's the sections are, like, you know, three or four hours a piece or something like that, you know, which is, that's fine. You know, understandable. If it's, see, I don't think that's, I think that's short because I mean, do you think, do you think I don't expect be the game to be more than that three hours? Like there'll be like a half hour chunk here and a half hour chunk there well, for like, a total of three hours. Or I you think, think you'll be play like them in any order too. Yeah. That's what I thought too. I thought they said that you could just kind of do them however, which I don't okay. really want that. I'd yeah. rather I jump around more yeah, because I, if, if, if I, if there is one I really like, I'm an idiot. I'll consume it all. I'll just, I can't help myself. Can't be trusted no with all these options. I'll just be like, Loop, take the, the one I like, just fake, go all the way, and then I'm like, oh, I got to go back and catch up with these other guys in the timeline thing. I don't, I don't want to do that. So um, I, I hope that it has at least a recommended sort of jump around kind of pattern to it. But 
so don't you think like maybe though that that change of pace just again and this is coming from these are we're guys that have played the other Resident Evil games maybe not all of them but enough of them that you know we we know what to expect here same thing with the story like for Resident Evil fans I think it's gonna be just fine <laughs> your bar you is know, low enough yeah. you're gonna be all right yes so they the three different sections played totally differently. So, I mean, we got to see, like, Leon with survival horror. Chris had pretty solid shooter, mm-hmm. you know, uh, especially for a Resident Evil game. Stellar for everything else, just solid. And, then, yeah, and J- Jake's thing had, like, a really cool boss fight. And, and, he, and he had a lot of hand-to-hand combat. So yeah, he, he, he was, was a, yeah. Close quarters. Yeah, mm-hmm. CQC. He was master, of the the master of the teep. Oh, yeah, the teep. Or front oh, kick. God. Front Shut kick, up, if you... <laughs> <laughs> so, um... You know, I heard Joe Rogan say it last weekend during a UFC. Oh, so Jesus. apparently, it's a, it is a thing. I don't know. We're not in the know. So, but don't you think maybe that change of pace though would maybe might actually be like something to look forward to, like when you're playing this thing and it's like I oh, think okay, it, we're slow I think it would if you and then like how the characters play. Like if if there's one that sucks, yeah. well, that's the thing. We saw the demo. We saw right. how they play. Yeah, know? but that's the demo. That's yeah. you know. Produced for that specific purpose. Let's just say my confidence in Capcom isn't the highest, even though the Resident Evil series has been all right. Um, yeah, I just I mean, there's there's plenty of reason to kind of question it. But will that affect my day one purchase? Absolutely not. I'm I'm fine. With oh yeah. Games. Did you see that? Did you see that like special edition that has all the games in it? It looks so good. What? No. Yeah, it's like eighty dollars. You get is that coming to well, North America? Download codes. You get download codes for all the Shit, games. Yeah. Which ones? X- Xbox, all of the games. I re- I've been Xbox, Xbox and PS3. How, Xbox doesn't have those now, so they're adding all that shit. As do you, what? Can, are I they going to be on the I store guess. for everyone to individually? We need to look this up. Yeah, fact check. Fact it check. Could just be the P- it could just be the PS3 version, but the Xbox. Oh, maybe the PS3 has those, and the Xbox has the Resident I've been, Evil movie. I've on, been I've been getting uh, DVD. I've been getting the urge to go back and play the GameCube remakes. I almost bought them today to, or last week. Solid. <laughs> like I liked him at the time. Yeah. Crimson Heads, scary as hell. <laughs> That's gonna do it for the on the spot question this week. Uh, thanks, Sega Fan Twenty Twelve, for sending in that question. Sega Fan. And um, if you'd like to send your own question, again, the email address is ask at horriblenight.com or just hit us up on our contact form or even on Twitter at horrible night, and we'll be sure to respond and butcher your question. Mm-hmm. But guys, that was I think that was the first time in a while we didn't actually butcher the question. I think we actually. Got into what he wanted us to talk about. Yeah, we'll have to fix that for Probably. next time. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. Sega fan. <laughs> Ooh, what are we? Is that? Are you playing a game? What is this? <gasps> sounds like Tetris. What is that? Sounds like Tetris. Are we ready? We're ready to talk oh about the tet- the Tetris connection tonight, gentlemen. I was, I was doing a dance, but you really couldn't see it, so it was <laughs> yeah, shook the table. It was just, awkward. Yeah, now our cameras are all screwed up. Thanks, Josh, for that. Um, no, actually, um, I just finished watching the kind of preview copy that we have of the Tetris movie that's coming to the Indie Film Fest uh, called Ecstasy of Order, the Tetris Match Masters, and I have... If anything, the movie gets you in the mood to want to play a lot of Tetris, and I really want to play a lot of Tetris, and that's kind of why I want to talk about Tetris tonight, but I thought I'd kind of start this show off with kind of any questions that you or our chat audience has about 
about the documentary. So this is a essentially it's a documentary um, filmed back in 2010 when they were trying to bring together all of the uh, masters of Tetris, all the people that posted high scores to Twin Galaxies, and to try to actually determine a Tetris champion because. It had been since the 1990 Nintendo World Championships before a Tetris champion had been crowned. Really? And um, part of that is actually the search for uh, Thor Ackerland, who was the the kid that won the Nintendo World Champions in the the Tetris (laughs) game. Cool name. And um, so I've I've also watched um, Indie Game, the movie. We we talked about that a few months ago, and before that, The King of Kong. Um, as, as my video game documentaries to kind of compare this to. And the big thing I'll say about this movie is there's there's a little bit of dramatics to both Indie Game the movie and King of Kong that you kind of you kind of pass off whether for entertainment value that they're trying to build a story. And I appreciate the fact that Ecstasy of Order didn't really delve into that too much. There wasn't like this made up character drama. Sure all these champions have their their backstories, but it, they never pretended it to be like some big life or de- death thing. This was, mm-hmm. this was these people just love playing Tetris, and they've never met each other, and we're bringing them all together, and they're going to challenge each other. And Tetris is pretty, pretty damn cool. So, so is this Billy is, Mitchell in the movie? No, there are. <laughs> and I'm, I was just glad there's no, there's no villain to the movie. So, good, good. Who, who are these? Like, what's the demographic of the Tetris master? Like, what do you? Well, male, female, young, there, old. I mean, there, like, are, co- there you- are there are a couple females, and there's a couple young guys, but mostly like seems to be be about the thirty year old age. If I'd had to, hmm. um, the people that so the the game focuses on the NES version of Tetris. That is apparently the classic version and like the most vicious version uh, out of out of all the games. So kind of found that interesting. Um, and then um, yeah, because that that was. Is that the first version of Tetris that like that's everyone like version played? That exp- that's the version that exploded. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it was it was that version in the Game and Boy, the Game version. Boy original Game Boy, yeah. And um, so I, I found it curious that that's the one they go back to, and that to think that you know twenty plus years later, this is the game those people are still playing like hours day in day out. Hmm. That's that's why I always find fascinating yeah. about these. Uh, these gamers that are pursuing the high scores, that this is the game they're obsessed with. And for some reason, I was able to. There was something about in King of Kong playing an arcade machine and playing that classic, that classic Donkey Kong, and that kind of being your thing. But you know, this was on a console with hundreds of games 20 years ago, and there have been consoles since, and so many versions of Tetris since that this is still the one they go back and play. I, I really like. I. I kind of envy those people that can just play one game for the and we hear about this stuff just like in you know like with Steve Weeby or something like that like you play like that one game for like your whole life because you I I have new game itis you know like I wish <laughs> that I was satisfied with just going back to the same favorites like just over and over again like I, I feel like those people have an appreciation for games I could never even begin to understand like I feel like in a, in a way they're Better gamers than I am, almost. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know if I have that in me to be that high level, high caliber of player. You don't. I know. I know you. I know out. you don't. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're no, you're one to talk. <laughs> um, and no. so I wonder, like, even if I started pushing those limits, would I have backed off <laughs> out of like fear of never getting to that top? But but also just my interest in a wide variety of genres yeah. and the enjoyment and I get out of that. Um, and <laughs> well, how, wait, so how many people were married? 
or had people significant others in their lives. Uh, it's only, good to know only, these things. Only one of like the eight people that they kind of feature um, did they talk about their significant other. But I mean, but most of them seem well adjusted. Okay, that's so, okay. There you go. That's good. And and not no two. At least two were in. You know, they may have been in relationships, just not been on camera too. So. I just, I guess, I think I go back to chasing ghosts. Mm-hmm. That film. I haven't watched that one. Yet. Yeah, that's and and yeah. some <laughs> boy, some of those. These are all guys in that one because you know it was like the eighties too, so it was a little bit different than maybe a butt stereotypes. Mm, yeah, and, not so good. And so the other interesting thing is just how they keep track of the highest scores in Tetris. And there's two things they pay attention to, which is score, and there is a max score that is possible as far as getting. 999,999 before the leaderboard caps caps out. So mm-hmm. there's a max score that you can get, and then they keep track of the total number of lines that you can get. And The be- game keeps track? The, or do they have to This have is the leaderboard they go to, because um, a lot of the mystery that comes, up, comes out around this game is that level 29, which getting 290 lines to unlock level 29... Level 29 moves so fast that no one can get past it. But it was rumored that one of these guys had gotten to level 30. So that's kind of the mystery that they portray. But the high score the, the high score of the most lines was 297 going into this. And um, so just figuring out there's basically two sides of the competition of trying to get the most lines. And, you know, there's a trick to getting the most lines without maxing out the score to make the game end. So. Oh. Oh, so the game stops. Yeah. It's basically a kill screen. I think, I think so. I might might be incorrect there, but there was there's a there's a difference between getting most lines and most points, and there's different play styles for both. So it's crazy. I just, I just love getting into those nuances of the game, and then you start to start to figure out that these all these people are playing on speeds, the level speeds to get these high high scores that. I'm not even capable of playing. Basically, it looks like you know when you're playing Tetris, when you you're, just hold the button when you're down, holding down, down. That's that's yeah. the speed that they have to play at to to formulate and make Jesus. all these decisions about all these blocks and it it is mind boggling uh, but god it but really really fascinating I and just, that was before like the the blocks got to the bottom and you could still rotate them right you know that's whatever that's called i forget what it's called cheating but. no <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't know uh spinning in place i don't know yeah spinning yeah i don't know so those are some pretty pretty impressive maneuvers sounds all, i'm really looking forward to seeing this now. it's pretty cool. awesome. it's like like i said it's it was the the most upbeat Video game documented that I've seen. Like I said, I like the fact that there's no villain and there's. Did they do they do the competition like in one like at yeah, the they, end of the wizard? Yeah, like they, in one place. Did they have like a guy? I mean, they they highlight the, that 1990 Nintendo World Championships bit. And that then, was the wizard, you see, right? Yeah, you see footage of that. You see footage of that. No way. Yeah, and then um, because oh, several of the guys, yeah. several of the guys in this movie were at that competition. Oh, did they? That's so awesome. do they find Thor uh, hammer held? That's part of the story. Whatever. They okay. get the. Gold cartridge or whatever. <laughs> they talk about the gold cartridge, um, and then um, is Jimmy Woods in it. I <laughs> California. And then um, <laughs> it's he's from the Wizard. Oh, my bad. Just throw me off. But they did. They did make the fact that they used the Wizard to actually promote the the World Championships. So anyway, really? but yes, it does culminate in this big tournament of all the champions, and it has some preliminary rounds that are open to the public, and you meet more. That's sweet. What did that look like? Was it just like your average video game tournament, or did they actually put on a so they production? they go out and they buy it, they go to a bunch of thrift shops and buy a bunch of CRT televisions and um, basically get them in kind of like an auditorium or a theater where all eight of the finalists are are playing and they're 
the weirdest part is that, so they they display all the screens up top and you see uh, all of them at and once, they're doing like and a, they're like doing announce like they're announcing during it and oh he's gonna get a tetris oh he screw up and, and the and the theater's reacting to him and it was <laughs> really awesome. entertaining it was it was and like yeah, it, it was a good call. Is there is there a hero that you cheer, cheer that you find no, yourself no, cheering like, for? No, like I didn't find my Thor. Like, I didn't. I didn't find myself <laughs> Thor Hammerhand <laughs> or an underdog. The actual Thor does not make an appearance. Um, sorry, but Iron Man does. I know what this. Kid, I can't remember his last name, so I'm just gonna make Ackerland. it cool. Eh, Hammerhand's better. <laughs> and um, no, I didn't. All of the. All of the masters are kind of equally. I wouldn't say they're all equally likable, but they're like I said, no villains, no, no hero. They they don't focus on anybody over the others. Um, you know, there's there's probably four or five primaries out of the eight, but um, you know, you kind of you'll connect with one of them. So, what I'd say. How much time do they spend on the history of the game itself and the development and all that? Not too much on the pretty short, but they they talked about just how the competition for the game rose. Did did they get uh, an official from Tengen? On the show, no. The, the, the Tengen Tetris does make an appearance, though, and I, yeah. I appreciate. They don't that. use that version, no. In the but there like, are records for that version. Okay. So and these guys are naturally good at other versions of Tetris too. Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. They um before the Tengen stuff. I'm sorry, I derailed with yeah. funny shaped cartridges. This always happens. <laughs> Tengen strikes again. It's usually a bust out super sprint or gauntlet. <laughs> This or time, Pac-Man. <laughs> no. Wait, that Tengen did a Pac-Man? Yeah, I had it. Holy shit! I didn't know that. Anyway. I just saw one at the local game exchange place too. Oh, there. Yeah, and there is a power. There that. is a power glove in this in this movie. Just so you know. So, how's it used? A guy's just wearing it. it. Just, uh, is it Lucas? No, it's not Lucas. <laughs> it's, it is that, so that bad. Would, that would be that would be so bad. <laughs> All right, now. Um, Switching gears from the movie itself, let's talk about our own personal histories with Tetris and and kind of the people around us uh, that were that got into Tetris. And let's talk about um, kind of your first experiences or first time you remember noticing the game. Cole, can you kick us off? Yeah, um, I my first experience with Tetris, the neighbor had it. Like I've I've talked about my neighbors being huge gamers, and they've really heavily influenced me. And um, one memory that stands out. In fact, the only memory that stands out with the early NES Tetris for me is uh, coming home from school one day, and it was on pause, and my mom had been playing it, mom. and she doesn't, <laughs> she's not a gamer at all, and she had gotten further than I had gotten, so I was kind of upset, but um, I don't know if she played it much more than that, but uh, it, was, it was kind of a huge shock and surprise that my mom had spent <laughs> the afternoon before picking us up from school playing Tetris. No, I, I had the same kind of moment. Uh, where my mom uh, got into the NES version of Tetris, but the the sh- more shocking thing to me was my dad really got into this game, and he does not play video games at all. This is still to date the only game I remember him ever playing, and there became a competition between my parents, and <laughs> for something for some reason it was kind of natural for me. Like I kind of. You know, I was still really young, and I wasn't used to any of my parents taking any interest in in, in video games at all. But I, I, I don't know from experience. It didn't surprise me too much when my mom and my sister picked it up. But when my dad picked it up and then started having competitions with my mom, <laughs> that's awesome. That's what stands out. And it was like, and then that, and yeah. so it was. So it became a. I was fascinated that they were drawn to the game, 
I was fascinated that they were better than me at the game and really, really frustrated that they kept using my Nintendo during this. <laughs> this is the only time I ever had to share. Like, so. were you, were you mad at the time? I, I Okay, like month three of it, yes. But at, at first, I was like, oh, my parents are playing video yeah, games. Okay. We might be able to have... Because I was always like, you know, please, one of my family members play with me. you know, Because yeah. my friends would play with me. But like I, my like my sister, when she would play a game with me on the NES, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, let's do this with more. But I can't imagine like going like, oh, God, Mom and Dad, get off my Nintendo. It's <laughs> <laughs> right, funny. To, to this day, I always I still associate the orange or the red tinted levels with my dad because he was the only one that could like he'd play on like level 19 <laughs> and he just i don't know it was like he he was an accountant at this time and just there was something about like the probabilities of all this stuff that like he almost like approached it from that math side so you thought you just knew he was like he's just really smart he's like, yeah. that's why yeah. he's really good at this because I mean, he, yeah. he's using math <laughs> and science but, but if you think about it like, like beat you, tetris <laughs> at that age you you kind of want to like find reasons to make your dad kind of the hero and that oh, yeah. it was that was I was like what yeah my dad's really good at Tetris and he he's the best because <laughs> he uses math when he plays. He's a- <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't awesome. sure I wasn't sure why my mom was good at it, but not uh, she sucks at math. I'm not sure how she <laughs> even how she clear any lines. At oh. least that's on record now. It's because women like puzzle games. That's why. Oh, th- uh, that's not any. That's worse than what I said. It is worse. I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> but then that did start opening my eyes to this game was it had a different appeal than you know Mario Super Mario Brothers at that time had mass appeal, but like Tetris was on a completely different degree and pulling in completely different people. And yeah, that's that's when I like I started realizing other people might play video games. I thought it was just it was mm-hmm. just you know my friends and I or just like little kids would we like video games, but adults can like this too, and um, that's why you know especially at that time I, I look back at kind of how casual games and puzzle games have evolved in recent years and kind of the notoriety that new ones get with with gamers. But it was a completely positive reaction for me at the time and. And I never, you know, I would never call myself like a a great Tetris player or somebody that was even really heavily into Tetris. Um, but it was just something I really respected from from a design standpoint and in its mass appeal. So, um, moving moving beyond the NES uh, version of Tetris, the one that I didn't play a lot that everybody else got to play was that Game Boy version. May or may not have been a bigger deal than the NES version, just because. Everybody was playing that on the go. That's that's the version that my sister played because the only thing she had was the Game Boy. And well, it was a pack. It was a pack in title, yeah, right? Yeah, it was a pack in title, and um, they I think they also had the ability to play multiplayer with the with the link ups between the uh, the Game Boys. This is what I cut my teeth on, and it actually though wasn't until years later. Um, I had a a friend from. I mean, I think this was a Russia? Game Boy Pocket. Yeah, yeah, he was from uh, Belarus, <laughs> and uh, Andre was and his, his name. name was Ivan. Oh. Andre, good lord, yeah. and uh, with an E I, and uh, <laughs> it was a green. Yeah, it was a green um, Game Boy Pocket. That was the second one, right? That they put out for the Game Boy. It's like a little. It wasn't quite as thick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. And um, there was the original Tetris and. I didn't play it at the time. I remember a lot of people playing it. And I remember thinking the same thing that you did of like, this is, wow, like, this is, Tetris is the game that anyone will play. Um, and I had it, it was, I think once I, 
I think I was probably like 18 maybe or something. I'd moved out. And it was one of those things that was in a box. You know, I'm like, is this thing will actually work? Turn it on. I mean, it still had a charge. Like, it didn't, it didn't, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like, you know, I don't know how long the batteries lasted that time. But so I turned it on. It works. Tetris is in there. Um, I didn't have any other games. I didn't. It wasn't my Game Boy. And uh, it was one of those like, here, I'm not going to use this things. And uh, so it was just like the Tetris machine. And I like a bunch of friends played Tetris on that machine, and uh, and that's where I played. And then, like, like this, I kind of had one of those moments of you know an epiphany kind of thing. Like, holy shit, this really is like the greatest game. This is really good. <laughs> Something just so sublime about yeah. it. And like, and then um, you know, I started playing some other versions and stuff, like whatever was out at the time. But um, that when you get in that groove, and I tried to play it like where you just hold the button the down arrow yeah you know where you just like you know boom 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 as soon as it comes on the screen it's dropping at full speed and like when you play like that and you get on a like a roll like it feels really good you kind of almost turn parts of your brain off mm-hmm. and uh i think almost like only puzzle games like those kind of at a those pay, I mean, it's, it's paced a totally, puzzle games can well, do that and tetris is the best i was gonna say it's a totally different zen than like sh- the the shoot 'em up zen you know what I mean? Like they're 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 similar. Actually, they're that similar, but is how I feel when I'm playing that. Like you're so, like you feel like you're solving a puzzle when you're playing a shoot 'em up. Yes, yeah, because in you're just zone. weaving between the the dots. Which in in Tetris, it's all about like shapes fitting into other shapes, and huh. like you're. I think it's the same part of your brain that's. that's I think it's the same effect. For some reason, it feels like a different part of my brain, but I also don't. You know may what I'm use talking about. more of yours. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> you're not as good as shoot 'em ups as I am. No. <laughs> I didn't, Cole said that on me. As far as um, Cole, Cole, before I move on, do you have any like Game Boy Tetris stories? Um, no, just I didn't really have my hands on a yeah. copy of Game Boy Tetris. Just you know, playing here and there at friends, but nothing spectacular. My my big uh, experience came later. Um, so at one point, I I don't now I don't know if it was a rental or I owned it for a little while because I was notorious for taking games back to the store. But I, I played. I had in my house. I had in my Nintendo, the ten gen version yeah. of Tetris. Uh, so I was reading up on this a little bit before I watched the movie. That basically it came down to, uh, ten gen had the rights to make the Tetris game for arcades, and then they ported it to their you know their 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 own cartridges for the NES. And for four weeks, it was available before Nintendo got the kind of exclusive rights, and then they they said, "Tengen, you can't make any more." There was uh, a lawsuit then. Yeah, there, the, you can't make any more Tetris games for the Nintendo console. How many hit the market? Like how many? Like a hundred thousand. Oh wow! Yeah, it was a really small number. Well, but the games back then that might not have been that small, right? Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, sounds like a real small number now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, and it's a small number to collectors today. Sure. Trying to find one, but I do. Now I'm now I'm positive I did I rented it because we had to take it back and then I played the Nintendo version and at the time I didn't know the difference like as far as like mm-hmm. oh it's Tetris just play Tetris well this one's different than the the one we played a couple weeks ago that version was better that's all I remember about the Tengen <laughs> version it was better and it <laughs> all had, Tengen games are better it was better and it had two player mode and that's what I wanted yeah and yeah. And Holy I, shit! The NES one or the Nintendo version didn't? No, it was all single player. Holy shit! And there's something about the design of the blocks that I really like—the solid colors and how do they the, miss they out? They grayed on out the colors when you set them down. Wow. And 
so I I had that game in my hand and I like that's one of my biggest gaming regrets is not holding Man, on to that engine copy. Not, always not did not it right. stealing the copy from the rental store yeah yeah it's up there <laughs> <laughs> they had the best fucking games gauntlet RBI base Tension Tension came were the kings of the NES <laughs> yeah. unappreciated underrated bring them back they're like the kings that didn't get the crown they were the hacked, yeah hacked the console they were the Ned Starks do either of you did either of you play NES. this this version I I have yes I have played the NES, the Tension version but no, I don't remember that. I didn't no. know that it was like well, it didn't have and the no other way, version didn't have two players. It's just funny that there's no way at you know nine or ten years old or whatever I was that I would even know that this was a special thing and probably don't even know it when that game was first released. It's just it slowly becomes less and less available. Yeah, but man, I had it in my hands at one point, and I wish I had it in my hands. I wish we could play it right now. That's the version. So I, I should probably go buy that Tengen Pac-Man and Pac-Man World that I saw at the store. You should buy all of the Tengen cartridges you ever seen. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Especially Gauntlet. And got it. Yeah. I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on beyond the eight-bit era of uh, Tetris games, have you guys played any of the the subsequent versions of Tetris? Yeah, I got I know, big probably. into um, the the first one that came out on. Um, iPhone, like in the app store, it was called Tris. And um, I got yelled at by my wife for playing it too much. <laughs> and this was like, and so this was recent. Like, this was probably two years ago, um, three years ago. I, I would, we were watching a TV show, I got bored, play some Tetris. Um, and I did that all the time. How, so that con- I, how were the controls? It was just, um, you know, touch to rotate. And then you touch like near the bottom to. You can never play it at like uh, competition speeds. No, there's no way. Mm. But it was more like you know it was casual Inferior. Tetris, I'm doing something while I'm doing something else, kind of thing. Yeah, fair Josh, and then... go ahead. You did oh, something, else, something else? Oh yeah, I got a couple more. Um, <laughs> I, I like Tetris. Um, I had Tetris two for the PC way back in the day, um, and it added uh, bombs to the mix. Um, so, you know, it was, it was very Russian in nature. Um, I that's all I Russian? really remember about it. What's that? Nothing, nothing. A lot of buildings with Hershey kisses on top. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and some more Russian music. I was um, say, tattoo showed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sangeef was there. Tattoo should, um, tattoo should make a cover soundtrack for Tetris. No? And then on and on my, and then and then my, on my 3DS. <laughs> I was going to say. He's playing it right now. I'm playing it right now. I don't remember what I'm it's called. Get... Tetris Party Tetris Party Live. Mm. It's in the uh, I forget things about eShop. That. Yeah, I haven't played it online, but um, it's Tetris. It, it does have online right. play? I thought you said it didn't. He said it has oh, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. At least the, 3D, the Wii, See, the Wii so version, vocal. I don't know if it has. Can we set up some sort of like... Uh, 3ds Hamachi and like play over the internet, fool it into thinking it's Wi-Fi. Maybe that would be like the first time I play like an internet 3ds game. So it's pretty, it's pretty accurate. Um, the top screen is like a picture of um, you represented in Tetris. Um, in the Tetris game, wait, it's wait. like a me. I was going to say less. you or me. Is it it's a, a me? Are you made out of blocks? <laughs> No, no, no. And then the Tetris is on the bottom screen, but it's it plays like you know any old Tetris, same music. It's awesome. 
I always heard good things about that Tetris Sphere game. Oh, the, on the 64. On the 64. Yeah. I heard bad yeah. things at the time. Yes. And then yeah. from like people, but, like, I remember historically, people saying like, yeah, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. That's what people sound like in my memories. Oh, Wasn't there, isn't there that Japanese version? Of, what's that one called? The Tetris that everybody loves on Super Nintendo? It's actually, I think it's feature. Oh, I don't know. If it's yeah. Super Nintendo. I know it's what hard. you're talking about though. But yeah, it's only, it was only released in Japan. So. There, yeah. Four player that uses the multi tap. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You could you could be a bastard in that Sorry. game too. If you're you know a lot opponents. about this. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna say there's a there's a version of Tetris featured in Ecstasy of Order that I'd never seen before in my life, and uh, the people that there's a there's a mode called Grandmaster mode that you can become the Grandmaster of Tetris, and basically it's playing Tetris, but the only block you can see is the block you're controlling. Whoa. And if you can like get a certain number of lines, you become the grandmaster. And well, you so one of be. these combat, yeah. one of these combatants, one of these uh, players featured in the movie combatants. is a <laughs> is a grandmaster that has beaten that mode. And it was like an block it lord. It was a weird arcade version, and it 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 looked like it was from a Japanese arcade. Um, I'd never seen it before. Um, it was pretty unbelievable. <laughs> There are a lot of. We were on the Wikipedia page for the. Holy shit! There's a lot of games. There was a, um, uh, like a Mickey Mouse one, Matt. Something like. Of course, uh, of course, there was. It was like Tetris Magical something or other. Um, you could play as like uh, uh, Mickey Mouse and like Goofy and Minnie and Donald Duck and shit like that. Um, sounded pretty cool. But um, I played the Wii uh, Tetris Party. And it was really good. Like that, it, it was fun that, multiplayer had like a shit ton of modes. But I think I, that's the same. Is that the same version of the 3DS? Tetris, Tetris Party, right? Tetris Party Online? Yeah, Tetris, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Tetris. I think it's the same it's version. The same. Oh, you're right. Yeah, because they showed it in yeah, the little, yeah. we saw a trailer for it too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I played it on the Wii. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty solid. Like, I like, you know, you can't go wrong with Tetris, but the best way to play it for me, because I'm not like entering competitions, uh, is two players or more. You know, just doing like party mode, where you're throwing blocks at the say, other guys. If you're guys. entering competitions, we need to film that shit. I wish, because I love seeing you frustrated and playing video games. Oh my god, how would I? I'd have to wear a headband. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Band, just go bandana. Mm. Hey, Josh, think have I'm... you played the uh, the AR Tetris on your 3DS at all? What? Did yeah, you can like. There's some card that you can play Tetris like in real life. What? What? Is, is it? Yeah, do I have AR, it? AR, AR. I don't know if you have it. I haven't I opened know, I the cards. Have I've had. I've seen someone else do the AR thing, so I never even opened mine. I was like, eh, it's okay. We although. I, side note, we printed out like a gigantic version of one of those cards. That shit works. Yeah. Like four sheets of paper, <laughs> put them together, and it made like a like a gigantic dragon on top of. That's awesome. Yeah, it was like six feet tall. It was awesome. Anyways. Yeah, but I, I remember. I think it's called Tetris Axis, maybe. Oh yeah, you, you can play AR <laughs> style. On the Wikipedia I, thing. I feel sorry for the guy that had to keep making up names for these sequels. Some of them were yeah. But, well, but, Tetris Splash is the latest one, right? Or the, well, that's the that's the Xbox Live Arcade one. Yeah, I okay. don't know. Okay, I think there the was. latest think, one is Tetris Stars, the Facebook Tetris <laughs> game. I will. I will say it's been from the business side of this been really interesting. You go back to that Nintendo deal as far as the Tetris company trying to protect the name of the game. And they've been relatively successful. I mean, there are there are some knockoffs out there, but there's none of them gain notoriety as far as, like, I, 
uh, I just respect the kind of business practices of Tetris is Tetris and you know EA now or EA has the rights to it now to make oh, make the games mm. and but there there's always an official version of Tetris and it keeps going even in even into this year. And the basic like version of the basic game hasn't changed. Yeah. And every single one of these Tetris games has that version. You can always just play regular old Tetris. You don't have to put in bombs and spinning screens yeah, and yeah, it's spinning when you've landed. And, and, yeah. Although, um, what was the, the Xbox version we were just looking at that had six player Tetris? Yep. Like that's cool. Yeah. Online only because the console only supports four controllers, but six players on the screen. I was gonna say, do you want to try to have six people on that screen? Because could get kind of small for the kind of Tetris that I do. I like to play big Tetris. Maybe you need to get a bigger TV. <laughs> Love me some big Tetris. Um, <laughs> last thing I wanted to say is as far as ongoing versions of Tetris, Tetris came back into my life about a year ago. Um, it was actually before, I think about you know, nine months ago, EA kind of re redid all of their mobile versions of Tetris, and I've played that since, but... Before they released that new official version of Tetris with like microtransactions and and like a Tetris subscription or something, I forget. Uh, the, I think never mind. I think it was called the Tea Club. And um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! But it sounds before, like you have the Tea Virus. <laughs> but before that, um, my my girlfriend was really into her Android version of Tetris to the point where. You know, she was always kind of looking at her phone or watching movies and doing doing whatever. But I didn't realize for like a month that she was just playing Tetris. I thought she was texting or tweeting. Well, I mean, you just I was. Don't you ever go like, "Who are you texting?" I try. I not do that. To, I try not to. Well, I do that. At some point, you go like, "What? What's more important than sitting here with me?" But then, it, Tetris is the answer. Well, <laughs> but I was I was actually just kind of shocked to find that in 2011 at the time. That Tetris had become a new, a new old obsession for her. She used to used to play the game, but really, but yeah. like as she got, you know, her first droid, that was the game that she flocked to and started playing it again. Like I started having flashbacks to basically, you know, fighting for the attention of my parents because they're playing Tetris all the time. And, <laughs> but at the same time, like being co- completely comfortable with it, just like because you know before that I had probably been obsessed with whatever whatever game, but you know she had gone from playing Angry Birds and Cut the Rope to going back to Tetris and just... It's an upgrade. But just it got me thinking about how all of those kind of uh, mainstream games have have similarities to how the Tetris craze started and that she had gone back there and that that game still holds up to our new fads and our new crazes and um, that also that they're continuing to pump out new versions of Tetris that are still worth playing, even though they're not really changing anything. And I found myself playing Tetris for about a month at, at that point. And uh, that just, I never would have thought that would have happened in 2011, 2012. Just think how big it would be if you put a, what are they called, Tetrinos? Yeah. In, in, a, uh, in a slingshot, and you, and you pulled that back, and you fired it, and then you had to land, it spun, and then you had to land it in a certain spot. Just think how big that game would be. And it be. was caught by a really adorable creature. Yeah. Who asked, where's my water? How, no, that's all I got. I, I just tried to tie it into all the, you didn't play where's my water, anyway. What? No, I didn't play, I, I didn't know what that, I was like, I don't know where your water is, I, I just thought tied, you were drinking whiskey. He tied it to Angry Birds, I tied it to Cut the Rope, and where's my water. 
I don't play games on mobile devices. You know this? I know that, Mr. Awesome Gamer. Mr. I'm too good for anything I but need buttons. You don't need buttons to play the new Tetris. The mobile version of Tetris is pretty pretty solid. Yeah. So. Well, I can but have you can't a play competition level like Josh Lee likes to. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, someone, a, a boy can dream. Aw. So sorry, what? you cannot go back to the 1990 World Nintendo World Championships. Dude, bullshit! You can buy DeLoreans on eBay, <laughs> and they're electric now. Yeah, they probably. Yeah, you don't have to go 88. I bet, or get hit no. by lightning. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about what what else Tetris has done for you, as far as the rest of the puzzle game genre and um, how. That genre has exploded basically since Tetris. And what other what other stand up titles can you attribute back to Tetris? Josh, looks like you have an answer. Doctor Mario. Yeah. Oh, that might have been also equal. Also in my have house. that on my 3ds. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> so great. I really love Doctor Mario. Why? Um, two player mode and the something about uh, Tetris is fine. But something about the extra mechanics in, you know, the rotating of the pills, matching the colors, hitting the viruses and stuff. Like, it's a, um, it's, I guess it's maybe the, probably the first, uh, that is probably the precursor to like a, like a Bejeweled and those mm-hmm. kind of puzzle games, right? Cause you were like matching just four anywhere on the board in any direction, four of one color kind of thing. Um, like, you know, you weren't trying to just fit shapes, mm-hmm. you're matching, things like colors anywhere on the board. And I love, love, still love the mechanic of matching things at a higher level and that pill dropping down and, and solving something below it. Yeah. Yes. That was also awesome. And in multiplayer mode, yes. when you would, when you would clear something out and it would drop shit on the other side. You know what? You know what? Random I bet, ass colors. I bet that's what made me get over my loss of Tangent Tetris was that Dr. Mario. Oh, had, there it is. That Dr. Mario had the versus mode. Cause I played that. Then, then I could actually, oh. my mom was, my dad had, he basically retired after Tetris, I think, from video games. But my mom continued on to being one of the greatest de- Dr. Mario players I've ever witnessed. What? But we were able wow. to play, we were able to play versus mode, and you know she probably would still beat me today. But we, at least we were able, able to play at the same time, and I didn't have to share my that's console awesome. as much. That, yeah, that is. Yeah, that's, that's cool. it. Like being able to share that because I, I, I oh my god, I love Dr. Mario. I uh, I have the Wii version, the RX online or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um. From WiiWare, you know, that was like the first WiiWare game I got. Excellent. Super good. I think it has four-player mode, but um, I played with Kylie, and uh, I just remember this, I don't know, we had only been dating for maybe like a year or something, and I remember playing two-player Dr. Mario for like a couple of hours, and just, I mean, nonstop. She, she was such a trooper, just like, I would win... A bunch, and then she would just be like, "Nope, nope, not like that." You know, she just like she was just powering through, <laughs> and she boom, she'd beat me, and then it was just like ultimate gloating, and uh, so I'm like, "No, no way, I'm the Doctor Mario King. This is not happening." Um, also, I have all the viruses. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, there was a, I can't remember what version we were playing. Oh, it's Doctor Mario and Super Smash Brothers. Um, I was playing this with some friends one time and uh it it was this is really random but um so I was playing as Dr. Mario and I was just I saw I hate that game. I don't like it. I don't think it's very good, but I was playing it cuz my friends do. <laughs> and uh and I'm just jumping in the air 
size I can and just drop doing the move where you just drop pills. And I'm yelling at everybody. I'm like, take your pills. And I'm yelling at them. And, <laughs> and it turned into a, um, a gaming, a FPS clan. TJP, take Joe Peels. <laughs> and we, and we, we played Battlefield 1942 and I think Call of Duty 1 as take Joe Peels, which was a Dr. Mario reference. And uh, we throw grenades. Yeah. And then we, and if I wanted to, we could actually take that bridge into FPS games, but I want to hear more about more puzzle games. But that was pretty brilliant as far as if we tried to Kevin Bacon this episode to talk mm-hmm. about whatever we wanted. Uh, do you have any other standouts or do you want to jump to Cole? Um... Like as far as like spinoffs go, just uh, just other puzzle games that kind of remind you of Tetris or are based in that same. Well, you know what? Um, very recently, and this is, I guess, this is well, no, I'll, you know what? I'm gonna say Bontago. What is Bontago? Okay, so I don't think but if it wasn't for Tetris, we probably wouldn't have games that like take shapes and stack them on top of other shapes. Is that fair enough of assessment, or was that not true? I'm with you. Okay. So um, <laughs> I'm sure they, someone would have figured it out, but let's say no, because we didn't we didn't have building blocks. You know what? This all. may this this may be a this may be a bit of a stretch, but whatever. It's an excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would a Jenga have been made if it hadn't been for Tetris? Because that's really kind of like the Tetris. Like the board has already been. We have made. to look at the dates to see who was created first. If you had, if you added physics to Tetris, you would get Jenga a li- or oh. boom blocks even. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll talk about boom blocks in a bit. Okay. Well, anyways, Bontago, man, this is, I don't know if this works. Anyways, uh, this is a PC game. Uh, I know you can play two players, maybe more. You're on a 3D playing field and you get these different, uh, shapes that, um, come at you. Like you, you, you don't have a choice in which block you're going to get, just like Tetris. And you have to stack up these blocks and some of them are long and skinny. Some of them are little fat squares. Um, just like Tetris. Uh, right. And, uh, so you've got to stack these things up. And your goal is to stack the thing higher than the other person, which if you suck at Tetris, you're probably good at this. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to stack this thing up, but it's got, it's physics based. So you got to just make sure it doesn't fall over when the other guy hits you with like an earthquake or a sure. fireball. Um, fireballs and puzzle games. Yeah. Why not? Okay. They have fireballs in puzzle quest. What does the fireball do? Does which it, is does another it burn like from the bottom up. I don't know. I think it's just a projectile just to knock stuff over. I think is what it was. But anyways, it's just like you're trying to build like big towers and you're trying to just have the tallest thing at the end of the round. Um, but it's just like taking shapes and stacking them or making them fit in certain ways. Like there's something like, like real base, you know, like we have, when we're babies, we have like little games with like blocks and fitting shit into holes and stuff. It's like Tetris is going all the way back to when you're a toddler. I think that's why it's so good. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has the Lego roots as far as putting things together. I'm sure that's why my brain liked it. Yeah. Oh, my God. What if you had to play speed Legos? That would be the same thing as Tetris. <laughs> make solid, make a solid flat, like a you know square on one of the little green grass plate things. But you got to do this fast. I'm going to throw you Legos, and you have to catch them and put them down. Here they come. We're gonna do. We want to do. Can we do this on camera? This would be fantastic. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh man. Excuse <laughs> me. I'm so excited right Your now. Your face, Lacey. I'm so excited. You're on. That's our copyright. Us or Josh? I have forty percent right. Speed Lego. I like it. Yeah, you Cole. Have, have you heard of Bontago? No, I haven't. Okay. Never. It's probably nothing like that. Hey, people that play this chat, like, can you this confirm that Josh isn't making something up? Something up. B O N T A G O. It's real. <laughs> Cole, what jumped to your mind when uh, we were talking about related puzzle games? 
Well, I, I kind of migrated my puzzle games to like the Snood, Bust a Move. Can um, we talk about Snood? Can we talk about Snood? Zuma. The, mean, shooting, about the shooting puzzle games. The shooting puzzle oh, But okay, I want to talk about Trash Panic first. Okay, fine. Trash Panic. Oh. Yeah. That is more Tetris like. Okay, well, you yeah, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to get back to Snood. So. Yeah, we'll get back. Um, but yeah, so Trash Panic came out um, three or four years ago on PSN, and it's a very. Japanese game. Um, you basically have you basically have a team. trash can and these weird little black creatures um, are tossing you items to throw away in the trash can. You kind of have to fit them into a certain area. It's it's very similar to Tetris, but with real world shapes or Resident Evil inventory management as well. Yeah, yeah, but they don't fit in together real well, and you know you can have anywhere from like. <laughs> Later levels, you get battleships and toilets and baseball bats, and uh, you'll have like these water, like water balloon and, things that help. Um, and things on fire. Yeah, so you have you have a lot water thing to like rot the stuff, and then you can light it on fire to burn it away, and that's that's kind of how you get your tetrises uh, or your lines is you burn it away or. Um, I thought I played this. I don't think I've seen it away. this. It sounds awesome. It's really <laughs> weird. It's really weird. <laughs> sounds fantastic. It sounds super Japanese. It, oh my god! And it's so fucking hard. It is. Oh, like, I, I I've gotten to the third level. I've, I, was, I haven't been. Able I, to get I don't know. The third if, level. I think I maybe got to third level twice, but it is yeah, ridiculously hard. And third level is where you get like battleships and city skyscrapers to throw into your trash can. And now, like, there's this. So how big is this? This is a PSN exclusive, and it so it's downloadable, yeah. probably ten, fifteen bucks. But um, it it also has this, these like eco friendly undertones because it keeps track of like when you burn <laughs> shit, like whether it was eco friendly. Like you get more points if if you're basically the trash can was more green. So you can't like burn plastic. Right. 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 You're like, yeah, it's more emissions based. I think. I'm, I'm never concerned about that rating at the end. I just want to get past the level. You lazy fat American. This is why everyone <laughs> hates us. Because we're not good at this game. You, I'm moving to Japan. We're gonna be green as fuck. We're gonna play sweet puzzle games. <laughs> I think that's on their See, new, Josh. their new. Um, what's oh, I forgot the word. You're not the, lazy or fat. You're tall and handsome. They're new. I love you. They're a new billboard. Yeah, yeah. For tourism. For tourists. Tu- yeah. Yeah. And, and, All right. Uh, so let's go to the shooting games, I guess. <laughs> can we talk about so, Snood? Snood. I just want to. I just before you get in this, Cole and I were college roommates at the time of when the Snood craze hit mm-hmm. the internet. I was reading Fark at the yes. time when Snood was popular. <laughs> And and everybody else was playing Counter Strike about around this time yeah, as well. Right. Yeah, they were. God damn it! Oh my god! So I remember t- a time having like a bunch of dudes playing Counter Strike at at our Netheads or at Game Center, having Counter Strike land going, and then guys, the girlfriends playing Snood behind us, like straight up, no joke. That shit. You just you're speaking the truth right now. So truth time. Instead serious of business. Go to instead of going to class or studying, I played Snood. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So you were not the Counter Strike guy. No, we, no. we well, were I surrounded by Counter Strike guys. Snood as well. Yeah. Did you but, ever? Did you ever pay for Snood? No, but somebody cracked had a crack yeah, and I downloaded it, oh, so I got the free. I got it for free. Holy shit! You know what? Yeah. I thought about. It. I wasn't going to say anything because I I pay for your damn games. Yes. Get a job and pay for your fucking games. 
However, like that at the time, I remember Snood being like one of the first games where like everybody was just like casually pirating. <laughs> like yeah. it was no big deal. Like, oh, <laughs> can you give funny. me a copy of Snood? But it was also not necessarily really convenient. Like people weren't used to like buying games online. Like it wasn't like we had Steam and just like, oh, just click it and a couple bucks. Like everyone would have bought it. But um, yeah, like, oh yeah, here I got a CD with Snood on it. You know, or whatever. Like I, that was. I think- Actually, I, I think if actually, there was a Snood World Championships, yeah, I would have beat that I had a zip shit. disc yeah, with Snood. Jazz. It, you didn't need <laughs> it that much space. But but, but also, I, I mean, I was just thinking about this. This was the next game that my family members got into. Like, I just Make the connection between that and Tetris, though, for me. What do you mean? As far as... It's a puzzle, it's a puzzle game. game. It's a match. Match three or four. Well, Bust-a-move style. Funny-looking characters. So, okay. So, like... I mean, you guys really think that, like, without Tetris, we wouldn't have really any of these? I mean, I don't know. When I don't, did I'm, one, I'm just wondering if, like, that's the case. I don't know. I'm not saying I have I'm an just, opinion on that. I'm, I'm just, just rela- I'm just relating it puzzle puzzle game wise and puzzle game craze. Same audience, though, mainst- definitely. Yeah, I mean, like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what that might have been the next game in that line that uh, Tetris, Doctor Mario. Then it was a while before another one really came across that. Wow, you're right. Had before, that mainstream appeal and and stewed. That was not PopCap, was it? I don't know who was that before it was. Just no, it was um, it was before like Zoom in all it those. It was hit. like Snood Co. <laughs> yeah, Snood Co. Something. Oh, I thought it was that would have been awesome. If I was Man, right. I want Snood, Snood World. I mean, like if it hadn't been, and then so Snood hit. I wonder if I wonder if there's maybe we're living in a bubble, but maybe if it hadn't been for Snood, we wouldn't have PopCap. And all their yeah. puzzle games. I mean, that's what it, like, I think it broke the barriers for Bejeweled and, and everyone because, has played because you know Snood was standalone, and then the browser games started popping up. And I just I remember when Bejeweled pop popped up that it was just playing in the browser, and like yeah. it was tied to Yahoo Games or something at the time. And I was just like having an account that seemed really weird to me. Like I wanted to still the standalone executable that I could pirate and send to my family and friends, <laughs> no, um, but. Yeah, I think Snoot might have opened that, was that link between the console puzzle games that we're used to and then getting those on PC and Mm -hmm. having more mass appeal with them. And then we could play our um, weird mutant uh, pachinko of Peggle. Yep. You know? I I was thinking about if it was Peggle along those lines. the greatest. It's not, yeah. Peggle Peggle also has that that mass appeal. It does, yeah. It's right along that. But it's just like, it's so... It, it, there's this weird lineage, maybe, and not, but they're they're so completely Tetris and like Peggle, they're so completely opposite, but somehow it's like the same audience. I think, like, I feel like it's the same. This has got the the same appeal of like, you know, it's it's the Zen moment of yeah. you know, but I, but it's a completely different. Pace. Although I've never seen like really what, what does high level Peggle play no, look it, like? That's the thing. There's no way you could have that really because there's it's, there's like I don't. I'm not bashing Peggle. There's not a lot there's, of skill in Peggle. Yeah, no, no. yeah. It's Peggle's more luck and yeah, but but that's the thing. Like it's still like like the skill and intelligence side of Tetris, like that combination. Like it requires a high level of thinking to play well at those speeds. And all the games we're talking about, they're getting farther and farther away from that. Yeah. So I'm wondering if man, this is the American way. This is what we do with Dumb. other people's stuff. We we've dumbed down. Tetris into Peggle. Yeah. Is that <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm saying we've gotten stupid. People need to start playing people more like, Tetris. People like stupid. We are. God, is this like idiocracy? We're actually turning into that. I'm going to be shitting yeah. in my seat soon because there's going to be a toilet attached to the bottom of it. And I'm just going to kick you in the balls and film it for a reality TV show. 
<laughs> Actually, that would be pretty fun. Cole, before we moved on from the shooting games, I was never really into the best bust-a-move games, but those had their own similar craze. Did you get into right. get Yeah, I, I love bust-a-move. Um, I remember one... I think we were on like a baseball trip or something and we we're at a Fuddruckers and they had a bust a move machine in there and I spent like two hours while everybody else was eating. I was playing bust a move. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> the other one along those lines, the super, is it super puzzle fighter? Yeah. Yeah. Those, those oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. one, yeah. I never played that either. Well, and then there was a, the Castlevania one was very similar to that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Same idea. Well, those are all pick match three, right? Yeah. Or the Castlevania was a match three, but yeah, super but, puzzle fighter is more of a shooter, right? I th- yeah, Super Puzzle Fighter was more bust a move style, and then yes, yes, Puzzle Fighter, no, Symphony Symphony of the Night Puzzle Quest or whatever it was was like Puzzle Quest, and that was match three, and um, basically your battles were all done through the puzzle system. What was okay? There was something. There was one of the, no, no, no. Didn't didn't your didn't the the, the shapes come down the screen though at you like Tetris? Didn't look kind of like Tetris, where you have like stuff in Puzzle in. Fighter. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I thought it was the shooter. Yeah. Well, if that okay, if if that's the case, then there's another game where you have that head-to-head thing with with characters on the screen, like while shit's coming down, and you're I don't know, I don't know what I'm thinking of, but well, I guess that pro- that's another point there. There, there's been a lot of puzzle games. No, it is it is uh, Puzzle Fighter. You're right. It's it's kind of Tetris like, and stuff comes down. Yeah, it's Tetris like. Okay. And there's also columns. Remember, columns is like oh, the Genesis. Oh, right, and right. God damn. Game Gear, big game. Yeah, and then and uh, Mean Bean Machine was their Doctor Mario, right? Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Columns. So Super Puzzle Fighter is more like columns. It looks like. I think as I watch a game. Okay. So yeah, that one. I think I actually played that on my Mame emulator, on my Xbox One. The the closest thing. And I think Columns is somewhat related to this, but the closest thing I've had to a Tetris, competitive Tetris moment since Tetris and Dr. Mario um, was actually when Luminous hit the Xbox Live Arcade. I know I missed the original version, but I had two two friends at that point that were, we were both into the arcade titles, and we had some some serious leaderboard back and forths on Luminous, and... So did you that, see this high score, and then you you well, would like so go he, and like log on just so to check he, it. He got the game first. Um, he got the game first and had a high score that he just set while randomly playing. But that was the first time I sat down to beat his score, and I fucking blew it out of the water. <laughs> like to the point where like I was. I mean, I it stands out to me because I hit that Zen moment while playing that game of just levels were just flying by, and I'd really figured it out. And I set that score. You were like living a montage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I set that score, and I was like, "This is he's never going to be able to touch us." And so, sure enough, he got on like a couple days later. And was like, "Holy shit! How the fuck did you get a <laughs> score like that?" And then, not the, not a week later, he beat the score because he'd never pushed himself. And then it was just, it was just fucking on. And I hadn't. That was old school to me, and I hadn't had that in a, in a long time. And. Um, yeah, I think Luminous might be the. I, I don't. I don't know if it really found its huge crowd because it was kind of like that PSP seller. But you know how many PSPs do they really sell? So, um, but it it definitely hit those same vibes that, that Tetris had. Yeah, you kind of had to. I mean, Tetris was a game you played for score. Like if you were playing with other people, like that's what you did. Mm-hmm. So or, or lines cleared. I wonder if that you know, and we get away from that so much today. I don't. 
play games for a score anymore. Yeah. Like, not really. Nobody, I mean, nobody I play, does. There's uh, no score in games anymore, vir- really. Virtual Pinball, like Pinball FX2. That, I play that for score, and yeah. that's it. Right. Uh, you know? And But that's an emulation of an arcade game that, you know, arcade games you played for a score. Like, is Tetris, like, kind of the last bastion of, like, the it's score a, whores? But it's also... Score whores. It hasn't gone away. Dot com. That's what cracks me up. Like, Tetris is kind of... It's back in some regards. But are people playing yeah, it's not it like, like they're making anymore? new versions of Donkey Kong, you know? Like, old or Yoshi's school Donkey Kong. Right. Right. But, but they're always making a Tetris. I just think it's... I, I just It didn't hit me till watching the movie that it's still... It didn't hit me till watching the movie and after witnessing my girlfriend playing the game for yeah. hours and days upon end that Tetris is still relevant and stands up to even... Games that have tried to build off of it and, and, like we've said, dumb it down to even hit a w- more wide stream, mainstream mm-hmm. audience, that Tetris still blows them out of the water. Like, that that staying power, that's that's what makes it so classic and puts it up there with all those other high school high score challenges that um, we kind of, you know, I kind of revere from the, re- the retro side. There, we have some, like, de- and this is not just a male thing, believe it or not. Somewhere down deep inside of us, there's some base instinct to like fill holes with the with shapes. You know, like it's just like you gotta you gotta like clear the entire like like if te- you know there there's got to be a version of Tetris out there that would be like the that would appeal to us on on that level that might be, be- even better than the just the clear four lines thing where it's like you got to take the shapes and fill every inch of like the whole board so if you like could fill the thing all the way to the top of the screen and have no gaps that is would that, be like the oh, yeah. is that game of tetris. What, that would be awesome what tetrisphere tried to do is that what tried? it was i don't know well i don't know i'm just saying like well if so then that was the best version i started picturing basically a combination of a rubik's cube and tetris <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like something about like uniformness you know mm-hmm. trying to, it's the same thing that why, why people kind of like to mow the lawn <laughs> well, you just gotta like everything's gotta be perfectly even. There's no blades left. It's all the same. Like you're filling in the spaces. Like some, I'm telling you, man, it's deep. Tetris may be the deepest connection a video game can possibly make with a human being. I'm just giving that a moment of silence. I, it's the best game of, of all time. That may have it's been. Tetris. The most beautiful thing Josh Lee has ever said recorded on ho- on ho- the horrible show. Oh my gosh. I've said a lot of beautiful stuff. I'm just trying to elevate this <laughs> moment because we're talking about fucking Tetris. Tetris. Fucking Tetris. I, yeah. but, it, 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 but it makes sense. Yeah. It <laughs> totally perfect. makes sense what he's saying. All right. I think it's going to do it for our, our Tetris connection it's conversation. Um, but before we get I think out we all here. just made a connection through Tetris. Aww. I do. I feel like love in my heart right now. I want to play some Tetris. Yeah. I want to put blocks in it. <laughs> Fill it up. No gaps. So why hasn't there been a Minecraft Tetris yet? What's that? Oh, that's what it is with Minecraft. Holy shit. Okay, you just made a connection here because when I'm playing Minecraft, there's a thing. <laughs> and any Minecraft players are going to get this. When you're playing that game and you're building shit, there's something about like th- so that, the same thing in your brain where you got to like Things gotta be symmetrical, or you're like, ooh, there's like a weird gap between, you know, you get a, like a wall and you got like one piece sticking out one end. You're like, well, I gotta fill that row in to make it symmetrical again. Like, you gotta, gaps bother you when you're playing Tetris, like weird little spaces. You gotta fill it in. It's the same part of your brain that makes you good at Tetris, or wanna be good at Tetris. It happens in Minecraft too. Maybe that's our primal connection, cause 
Everybody takes Minecraft back to Legos, and we've connected that already to Tetris. That we just like blocks. We just like to fill holes. That's it. <laughs> I don't mean that in a weird way. I promise. That would be the first time you didn't mean it in a weird way. All right, that's a more fitting end to our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> And take this home with HorribleNight.com updates. Uh, first of all, just another reminder, um, we announced on Monday that we are a part of sponsoring the Indie Film Fest's presentation of Ecstasy of Order, the Tetris Masters film that is uh, coming to Indianapolis. Um, there's two screenings coming up on Friday, forgive me if the dates are wrong, Friday, July 20th, and Tuesday, July 24th. There's more information about those screenings on the site, but HorribleNight.com, we will we'll be there in force watching the film. And like I said, I, I just previewed the copy, kind of recommend it as a, on a, a higher level, just as an entertaining game documentary. And um, that just for the competition scene at the, at the end uh, alone, it's, it's worth seeing. So if you're in the, in the Indianapolis area, this will be screened at the International, the Indianapolis Museum of Art. And um, in that theater, so we hope to see you out there. Yeah, yeah, and you can come down and talk to us, hang out. Yep. We'll be there. We'll all be there, just chilling beforehand and stuff too. And then how also, did, how did Megan like the movie, Lacey? She loved it. She she was playing yeah. Tetris throughout it though, so <laughs> I think that's a good sign. So meta. And then, um, uh, I also encourage you to check out Indie Film Fest. There's over a hundred films being played, um, throughout those couple of weeks during the film fests, and um. Uh, pretty pretty cool festival. This movie making the tour around uh, the country or yeah, world? Yeah, they, they've been promoting it for a while, and the DVD will be coming out soon for those not in oh, the Indianapolis cool. area. So we're one of the kind of the final stops on the tour, um, but Sweet. still pretty cool that they, they made it to town. And, uh, yeah, definitely recommend checking that out. Um, and then next up, um, kind of a special announcement. This is a sneak preview for those watching us live because uh, we'll be announcing in the next couple days a special charity competition that we have going on the site. So Justin Gifford, one of our writers, approached me the other day about um, kind of challenging me to to lose weight, which interpret that for what for whatever word you need. But <laughs> just the, the Justins on the site, we're both of similar build and of we've been similarly um, content with our lives as far as <laughs> um, exercise and eating habits go. So uh, we, we thought it was about time. To kind of do something about that. And so I started thinking, you know, when I see, you know, you know, relatively healthy individuals promoting weight loss, like there's something, you know, you can you can get behind that, but there's still something rather self self-centered about it. So I wanted to do more with this uh having a competition between ourselves. We both knew that we needed to stay on track of this, we needed some form of competition, but how could we do something better with this. So we kind of came up with the idea that the loser of our competition is actually going to donate to child's play in the name of the other person. So we came up with the gaming our asses off challenge. Um, and, and tying it to games and promoting kind of what Horvath Light gets behind of having a balance between your real life and your gaming life. We challenge each other to lose 25 pounds and score 2,500 Gamer score on Xbox because we're both primarily Xbox players. The kind of the kind of catch is that when you get the gamer score, you still have to have the twenty five pounds off. So we can't go unhealthy in either direction. And Ethan has volunteered to kind of be our referee for this. That he's going to make sure that we're 
you know, healthily losing weight and that's not going away. He does anymore. have a referee shirt. He does. That's why we. And he him. can beat your ass if you <laughs> don't follow the rules. And then also he's going to be keep track of the games we're playing to know we're not using some cheap achievements to, uh, to get these scores. So, um, you're going to see an announcement here soon and hopefully the video comes together. I like this. I, I like the, the idea of having a different kind of role model. Like there's a reason everyone liked Jared. <laughs> he was just a regular dude, and he was just fat. And just like both Justins. Yeah. And I'm not saying you guys look like Jared, but like regular guy, you can be like, you know what? You can just eat fucking Subway all day. <laughs> like, that's delicious. You know? Like, that's like, it's not like, oh, you got to drink, you know, this, you know, like Tommy Lasorda. Like, oh, drink this chocolate drink. Like, he never got skinny. Like, that dude was always fat. <laughs> like, no, no, no. You can just see, you can just fucking eat a bunch of sandwiches, and you can look awesome. Like, yeah, okay. So, you, you know, for you guys just to be able to be like, you know what? You can just play games a bunch and just kind of like not eat as much crap. Yeah. And you can kind of be all right. Like, you don't have to, you know, look like, yeah, we're not, you know, you're on Spartacus. After being like health nuts after the end of this, but we're trying to like change some habits basically and make ourselves yeah. a little bit healthier. But also, I hope you tell everyone like what those things are. The, the, yeah. We're, the, so, you know, so let we're everybody gonna be, know. We're going to be blogging about it on a weekly basis, just kind of a status update of what each of us has been doing. Um, as far as games wise and diet and exercise wise of what's been working for us that you can keep track of it, track of how our progress and, uh, also to kind of help us help encourage us. We're going to be taking donations for team J devil and team gift door. Um, and those donations will go straight to child's play as well. So we can kind of keep track of who's raising more funds, try to keep us motivated to get this done as soon as possible and as healthy as possible. Um, so we'll be announcing that here in the next couple of days on the site as soon as the, the video is ready to go and the donation forms are ready to go. But do you guys have a um, like a time limit on this at all, or is it just no, first to twenty five, twenty five hundred? It's it's first to we kind of consulted with uh, you know a few experienced individuals as far as what's what's the healthy amount of time to lose that type of weight. So we're right, probably right. it's going to be about a two to three month time period for this, um, but we'll see. And and so hey, if it of, takes two to three years. So be it. As long as we get what there. <laughs> now, because of inflation, the the actual donations may not actually do any good at that point. But <laughs> we might, if it takes two to three years, we'll, we'll we'll change it up a little bit to help <laughs> child's play. Josh, you want to go on the uh, twenty five pound gain uh, challenge? Yeah, now that sounds way more fun. <laughs> like you know what? Let's just play as many games as possible, and you can just get like super and just super fat. Shit, yeah, yeah, <laughs> super like, duper brumacky. Yeah, we just got a jack in the box near us, so. I'm thinking that oh, might sweet. actually be get in the some, works. Get some jumbo jacks. Oh man, I cannot endorse your super brewmacky diet. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose weight with you guys, but I'm not gonna play the games. Yeah, uh, we kind of <laughs> we kind of actually encourage other people. And I'll play the games. Other people to to join along, and I'm gonna try team to up. team Josh Cole. <laughs> I'm trying to actually find ways to kind of kind of use some apps out there that to, to publicly promote like how I'm doing and. Um, because uh, that's that's part of the interest to me is the more, you know, educational side about what what crap I've actually been putting into my body. So I I really think you guys should be using WeFit. It would just be perfect. Oh yeah, that would be perfect. Like just at least a way in. <laughs> like me use that. Or do you remember fucking balance? Lacey, board. do you remember the um that NES like bicycling game that our trainer had at high school? Did you ever play that? No, I never played it. What do you use the power pad? Oh man. No, you had like this bicycle, like uh, this um, do power you know, workout bike was hooked up to uh, NES. It had controllers on the handlebars, and you were pedal for the uh, 
that was your workout, like to pedal <laughs> in the game stuff. Really? It was awesome. Hey, I'll try anything once. <laughs> um, and then finally, this kind of uh, at the end of the month, we are going to be having a horrible night out. Josh and I are still finally picking our picking our dates, but we're I think we're going to actually center around difficult games to play. So if you have any recommendations as far as classically difficult games to play in uh, in our horrible night out, we're Formulating the games list and trying to find the best date for for everyone in the Indianapolis. Ah, uh, you Billy. But definitely get that in before you know. Not if you our... know the number for the Nintendo Power Hotline, <laughs> they'll help you through that game. Our <laughs> game counselors wait, standing by. Yeah. One nine hundred. Go Nintendo. So that'll be either the power end of July, first couple of weeks of August, August for those in the Indianapolis area. Extension Nestor. <laughs> I want to talk to Howard. But I want to thank everybody uh, in chat who joined us live tonight for the horrible show. And again, encourage you to come out and watch XTC of Order, the, the Tetris Masters, with us uh, July 20th or July 24th in the Indianapolis area. And that's going to do it for the horrible show tonight. Josh, Cole, thanks for joining me. Big ups. Congratulations. I'm raising Congratulations so many roofs on right another podcast. Roofs or roofs? Thank you. Thank you. Roofs. Just raising them. And I'm Whatever Justin Lacey. For We'll see you next time.